And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Uh, let's go to the Western Conference where I, I, other than a couple of teams, I don't think we're going to spend so much attention to. It. So I feel like, yeah, no, the, yeah. the West is boring. Let, yeah, let's be honest. It's Colorado, then it's Edmonton, and then yeah. it's everyone else. And Colorado barely did anything. Yeah, they just got Lars Eller, which is a nice move, but it's like, okay. It's yeah, it's it's a good move, but yeah. again, they made all their moves last year. But I would I would argue that like Dallas is pretty scary. Vegas is now pretty scary. Yeah, it's like they made some low key pretty good moves. Yeah, yeah. true, but not oh, nearly yeah. as mind boggling as what the East did. I'm not talking about like moves. I'm talking about like like um, like actual teams. <laughs> like well, so, yeah, but yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Also. But but yes, it, it is pretty clear that like all the the arms race was clearly in the east and those six teams. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of the west, uh, they bring uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, we're going to start off with they have uh, they get John Klingberg, um, uh, they get Oscar Sundquist, uh, which we mentioned when we were talking about Detroit. Uh, they trade away Jordan Greenway. They get Gustav Nyquist, which is funny because this was one of those trades where, like, a, like a couple of hours before this trade was made, the NHL like uh, put a memo to all thirty-two teams saying that you can't trade or like we're going to be watching you if you trade an injured player, um, like clearly for cap reasons or something like that because it's like it was like a weird threat that wasn't really a threat. And then Minnesota gets Gustav Nyquist. Well, I, I think he's probably not that playing. Is because, yeah. it's, it's because a month ago, Gary Bettman said, yeah. none of our teams tank. And they're just going to be like, hey, yeah. um, we're just going to be just gonna be telling you, just so you know, we, uh, we yeah. know that none of you guys are going to tank, but just so you know, we're watching you. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, they, they felt that would be enough to just say, "Hey, don't don't test us." But what what's funny is, well, one, it's like the the Wild still did it. I think also Jacob Voracek is also on a like got traded too. It's like those two guys probably aren't playing another NHL game. Um, yeah, and, and Arizona is literally going for Bedard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, I think this was like in way for them to mention like the cap circumvention stuff that's happened the last couple of playoffs so like they also wanted to like circumvent that but like it's a weird way of doing that because the thing was is that like the lightning were doing that like because like you know it's their own players (laughs) that were injured um so it's like it, it isn't really cap circumvention i guess but i thought they were like um the nhl was making a note of that just because it was uh due to uh like the cap circumvention stuff that was happening. But anyways, uh, either way, it was a strange thing to say, but it was pretty funny that like a, an hour later, Gustav Nyquist goes and he's like, he's not even, he's probably not going to play uh, again this year for Minnesota. Um, Marcus Johansson is also on Minnesota. Um, funnily enough, this is the second time that Minnesota receives Marcus Johansson. And this is also the second time that Washington has treated away Marcus Johansson. However, the, those the first two times were not like Washington did not trade Marcus Johansson for a second time to Minnesota. It was like another team that they yeah. traded him no, away. No, they to. traded him to Boston, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was no New Jersey traded him to Boston, 
But uh, oh right, yes. But then I I forget. I order mixed up. Yeah, yeah. They they. I would have to go to Marcus. Yeah, that's right. No, no, you're right. They did yeah. trade him to New Jersey because I remember he had a big season in Washington, yeah. restricted free agent, and yeah, instead of resigning him, they dealt him to New Jersey. You're right. Okay. You're yeah, right. he was good for Boston too. But I and then I think he eventually yeah. went to Minnesota, and then Minnesota traded him away or something like that. But anyways, um. Uh, so yeah, they get uh, they get Oscar Sundquist from a, for a twenty three fourth round pick. Um, they also mm-hmm. traded away Jordan Greenway to Buffalo, um, and Minnesota gets a twenty three second round pick and a twenty twenty four fifth round pick. Um, and then the big one is that they get John Klingberg, and they uh, the Ducks get Andre Schuster, who used to be on the Ducks, uh, Nikita Nesterenko. And a 2025 fourth round pick. I actually have heard of Nick, Nikita Nesterenko. He's actually a pretty good player for Boston College. Um, I would guess the reason why they traded him away, because funnily enough, he is a center. Oh no, he's a left winger, right winger. I would guess that he's going to. He wasn't going to sign with Minnesota to begin with, so they just traded him to Anaheim so that he has a better chance of signing with them. But I thought he was a center. Um, and that's a that's a position that Minnesota needs, but it turns out that he's a left winger, right winger. But I do like uh, I do like that prospect for for the Anaheim Ducks. But anyways, uh, the Minnesota Wild get John Klingberg. Um, what was surprise? You know, it's I don't know if I like all these moves that Minnesota made. It kind of was a little bit interesting, um, particularly especially since John Klingberg hasn't had a great year for them. I know the Ducks aren't a good team. I don't think it's a good fit, especially because Matt Dumba didn't end up getting traded. So it's like you have John Klingberg. Your right-handed defenseman is basically Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba, and John Klingberg. Um, They're all, that's your current right-handed defenseman there. And it's like, okay, fine, John Klingberg's going to be your third-pairing defenseman, but it's like I don't know if that's like great <laughs> for for Minnesota, um, and you know I guess Minnesota is like in second place in the Central right now, um, but like it's pretty close with Winnipeg and Colorado now too. So there's potential that like Minnesota could get out of the playoffs. I don't love the the moves that they made really. Um, yeah. So. I think I might have a roadmap as to what Billy Guerin is doing, um, even though at the start I was really not having any idea what he was doing. Uh, so Marcus Johansson is on expiring contract, $1.1 million cap hit. Yep. Uh, Gustav Nyquist was retained, uh, so $2.75 million. That's going to be coming off the books yep. this year because he's an expiring contract. Uh, Jordan Greenway, they just signed to a 3 by 3 and he's in year one of that deal, so that is moved out to Buffalo, so they save $3 million in cap space there. Oscar Sunquist they acquire, but that's $2.75 million. That's going to come off the books this year after this year because, again, expiring contract. And John Klingberg retained at $3.5 million. He was on a one-year deal. That contract is coming off the books. On top of all that, guess who they didn't trade? Matt Dumba, who is a free agent. And once his contract ends, assuming they don't keep him, that's another five or six million off the books. So 
in the off season, Minnesota might have the cap space that they need to, I don't know, get that center they've been looking for. God knows how long, maybe not nearly as long as the Canadians, but mm-hmm. still pretty long uh, to help out Kirill Kaprizov. For the time being, they get a couple of assets that could help them in their playoff push, get them into the playoffs, because like I said, the West is very, very weak, and um, it's easier to make the playoffs in the West. So Minnesota, at worst, will be a wild card team. They might have their fun in the sun for about you know, between four to seven games, and they'll be out in the first round. But he's kind of striking the balance of short-term gain in terms of assets and long-term gain in, in terms of cap space that he can use later. Doesn't mean I'm a fan of the deals, but I can kind of understand what Billy Garen yeah. might be up to. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm just like I thought Matt Dumbo was going to get traded. I guess, but like, I no. Know. Yeah, we was. thought a lot of people were going to get traded, the most obvious trade targets, and yet yeah. they're stuck with their current teams. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I, I don't know if you can actually but say he, that this time. Matt Dumbo, especially because he's been on the trade market for what three years at least. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you can actually say that because Chicken got traded, Timo got traded, Patrick Kane got <laughs> traded. Those are like guys yep. that we've been expecting to get traded for a while now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought Matt Dumbo was actually going to get going, but I guess it makes sense considering that Minnesota's probably going to be in the playoffs, so it makes sense that you yeah. have Matt Dumbo on that team, but at the same time, it's like he's, he's struggling, so it's like, I don't know if he's going to be a, that much of a help for you, and I don't think they're going to sign him long-term this year, so it's like, no, they're going to let I him walk, No, I think he walks for nothing. Yeah, so, so it's just like, I don't know. It was just a weird situation there, all all involved. Um, Dallas yeah. is our next team here. Uh, we talked about Dallas enough last week, I believe. Um, is that right? Yeah, I think we quickly mentioned it, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Jurianov uh, out and fifty percent retained Dadanov in. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll mention it again. So so yeah, they get they get Dadanov. Uh, they also Dallas gets Max Domi. Um, and Dylan Wells from Chicago. Chicago gets Anton Love Kudobin. Love this move. Uh, Chicago gets Anton Kudobin and a second-round pick in 2025. Uh, yeah, it seems like Max Domi actually made a, a like a like a decent like like Patrick Kane wasn't like when um, eventually when Chicago started the season this year we were thinking like what's gonna happen is Max Domi is gonna play on a line with Patrick Kane. And Max Domi is going to like drive up his value because he's playing with Patrick Kane, and then we'll see how it goes when he's on another team. But what ended up happening was Patrick Kane started to struggle a lot in his first couple of um, uh, time, times in Chicago, and then Max Domi actually hasn't had a bad season uh, this year, even when like Patrick Kane was struggling uh, for his standards. He has 49 points in 61 games. Yeah, I like I like this move for Dallas as well. Um, it's pretty good uh, for yeah. He also can hit. He's he's a nice player for them. Um, and yeah, it's like Anton Kudobin. Uh, it's the only thing that you really give up. And I, I mean, first off, Dallas has Jake Ettinger. They also have Scott Wedgwood. It doesn't appear that Kudobin's like up to what he was um, in the bubble. 
uh, where Dallas didn't make the Stanley Cup Finals that year. But um, but yeah, it's it's like they didn't give up all that much, all things considered. Um, so I, I like this move for Dallas. I think it can really solidify their their top six. Um, and yeah, this is a nice move for for Dallas for sure. Um, and also um, Dallas trades uh, Jacob Peterson. Um, and Dallas receives uh, to San Jose, and um, Dallas gets back Scott Reedy. Um, this was kind of surprising because Jacob Peterson, for a time, had like a decent stint for Dallas, but I, I guess it just wasn't enough. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I like this move that they just got Max Domi um, and that enough, and the, sometimes that's all you really need. And as we were just saying, like all the good players are now like all the trades went to the east um so uh dallas you know they're they're um first in the central division and they can they can definitely make a run um for the playoffs and uh, especially since like timo myers no longer in the division or in the conference uh patrick Payne's no longer in the conference um oh. jacob chicken's no longer in the conference so um, so yeah, they they can uh, definitely uh, take advantage of the fact that like a lot of the good players are no longer leaving. Even though like of course the Blackhawks weren't even going to be in the playoffs, the Coyotes and the Sharks weren't going to be in the playoffs either. But it's like okay, like you know, it's like it still does like helps a lot. That's like oh all right, Dallas uh, does well, and it, yeah, I like this move for for the Stars. Yeah, uh, when you look at. Uh the Dallas Stars lines, and I'll mention this fact before I do that. The start of the 2021-22 season, Max Domi was entering his second season with Columbus. Then he got traded to Carolina, then he signed in Chicago, and now he's in Dallas. That's four teams dating back to the start of last season that he's played on. And prior to Columbus, he played in Montreal and Arizona. So Max Domi has been around and he was only an NHL regular um, the uh, season just before Jacob Chikrin was drafted, 2015-16. Uh, so just just uh, food for thought there. But uh, totally beside the point, Max Domi is currently centering a line, according to Daily Faceoff, with Tyler Sagan as the, left, as the right winger and Mason Marchman as the left winger. Now, after a hot start, Mason Marchman has cooled off. Tyler Sagan, uh, we all know what he can do, and he's definitely getting paid the big bucks to be a top-six scorer on the Dallas Stars. And even you look at Jamie Benn and the struggles that he's had, Jamie Benn's had a freaking great year offensively. Yeah. He's been good for Dallas. And because it's year one of Peter DeBoer, they're probably going to go on some stupid run of the conference finals because that's usually what happens when Peter DeBoer steps in. He takes a team further than anyone expects. Uh, so regardless of whether or not they got Max Domi, I think it's just destiny that the Stars are going to make yep. and get to the conference finals at least. Uh, that that being said, all things considered, the Stars are a pretty good team. They are a team that relies on one goal games still a little bit too much. They have 13 overtime shootout losses this year, and in the playoffs, you need to win those more well, than you lose them. Um, true, because but... it's it's a game of interest. Well, I, I guess on that note, it's like there's not five minutes of overtime, four and four, <laughs> so, uh, three on three. Well, true. In the playoffs, but yes, I do, I do know what you mean. Yeah, 
Um, and, and to be fair, they they were pretty good in overtime games in the 2020 yeah. bubble, if I'm not mistaken. So sure. they they can definitely win overtime games for sure. And their overtime success, their one goal success uh, last year was the main reason why they even got to the playoffs and had yeah. a chance to do sure. something in the first round against Calgary. Yeah. So uh, getting a guy like Max Domi, who was top scorer on his team prior to the trade, um, I think is a little key, yep. uh, pretty good signing, a low risk, high reward signing that helps your offensive depth. So uh, yeah. they again, they weren't uh, they weren't to take your pants off humongous trades, but I think they're good and effective trades. I'm really interested to see what Dadnov brings, largely because mm-hmm. since he's left Florida, he hasn't been the same offensive scorer. So, Maybe the Dallas Stars can fix that. They also uh, beat the Colorado Avalanche yesterday, uh, seven to three. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, big big game. Pavelski even... was in the middle of a scoring trout and he snapped yeah. it as well. So that's good to see. And I don't even think Max Domi even played. So that was a nice statement win for them. I um, think he did play. It says on Cap Friendly oh, he that he play. played one game for the Stars. So. Okay, never mind then. Um, yeah, didn't get any points in that one game. Obviously. But, like, even still, it's like, that's really what the Stars need to have happen is Robertson, Pavelski, and Hintz to get going. And, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> then you can beat the, ha- yeah. the Avalanche. Um, and I don't think the Avalanche have Kale. Oh, no, Kale McCarr did play, but maybe he's not at full 100%. That's- yeah, the Avalanche are, are pretty banged up. That's yeah. the only knock against uh, the Avalanche. But as you yeah. start getting into the playoffs and Landeskog comes back in full strength, yeah. and McKinnon has been back for a while now, and he's killing it too. So yeah. they're they're well on their way. If they're healthy heading into the playoffs, the Avalanche are going to be a very, yeah. very big handful to Last team in the Central that we'll talk about um, is the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we already talked about the Chikrin and Ghost Bear trade. They just get a couple of picks back, but um, I, I feel like they could have gotten more out of those two guys because those were like the two big pieces that they were playing on trading. But I, I think we were already mentioning it's like they kind of just like they they kind of like overthought it maybe like the fact that like Edmonton made a move, LA made a move. Uh, Washington made a move. Um, a bunch of other teams made a move for defensemen. Boston made a move that, like, they just, like, they kind of like realized, like, okay, we'll we'll just get what we can out of Ghost Bear and Chikrin um, because they just they just had to get something um, at that point. So it's like, all right, they that that's the deal. But like, even still, like, I don't know, a twenty-six third round pick for Ghost Bear. Like, you're telling me that you couldn't find another team that could do better than that? That's ridiculous. Um, so More than what uh, the Flyers got for JVR, though. Yeah. Well, oh, I thought you were going to say it's like, but, like, they traded, they got Ghost Despair, and they they only gave up a third-round pick for him, and that was a steal. So it's just like, now they're the Flyers of this situation. Uh, so it's just, it's just absurd. Um... And then they also, uh, so we already talked about the chicken trade. They get Jacob Voracek, but that's mostly so that they can reach the floor. Um, it appears that Voracek's probably not going to be back, um, or like he's played his last game in Columbus um, or in the NHL. Um, it seems like he's just, like he's badly injured. Um, but it, that was a move just so that Arizona could get to the floor. Um, so, so there's that. They also get a 2023 sixth round pick from Columbus. Columbus just receives John Gillies, so 
that's that move. Um, it's a weird trade in general. Uh, Arizona does trade Nick Bukestad. Um, they also trade Cam Deneen to Edmonton. Um, and Arizona just gets Michael Kessel, Kesselring back and a 2023 third round pick from Edmonton. That's not bad. Um, and then a fun, the probably the funniest trade um, in this deadline. Yep. Uh, Nick Ritchie and Troy Stetcher go to Calgary. And Brett Ritchie and Connor Mackey go to Arizona. And yes, this is the first time ever that two brothers have been traded for each other. I find it just funny just thinking of the scenario of this where like I imagine like Nick Ritchie is very excited to be finally get to play with his brother and uh, and so he notices that they're getting like traded. So I just imagine this text where like one of the brothers texts the other brothers like, Hey, we're gonna be on the same team and then only to find out that they like <laughs> they just got traded for each other. Um, or just like, like hold yeah. up. Hold yeah. <laughs> also, like, I wonder if they play, like, if they're just, like, they just did, like, a trading spaces type situation where they're just staying at each other's houses now, <laughs> or something, or if there was, like, something of the matter of, like, when Calgary signed Brett Ritchie, they were like, wait a second, we thought we were getting Nick Ritchie and not Brett Ritchie, and then Arizona was just like, all right, fine, like, you can have our, our Ritchie <laughs> instead, but we want that Ritchie. Or like they just got confused or something, but this is probably the funniest trade. Um, yeah, as for Arizona, it's like I feel like they could have gotten a lot more out of Chikrin and a lot more out of Gospare, but you've already talked about them when we were covering Carolina and Ottawa that they could have gotten more, but at the same time, it's just like you know, picks you never know, but um, but yeah, at the same time, it's just yeah, like, like I said, over the next four yeah. drafts, four drafts, they have yeah. 44 picks. So, like, in, in a typical draft yeah. where every team just has their full set of picks and no trades, you yeah. get seven, obviously, because there are seven rounds, one pick per round, and they average 11 per yeah. draft over the next four drafts. Like, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And a lot of those picks are in rounds one through three. They have two firsts this year, a first next year. Uh, first uh, in 2025, those numbers, of course, could grow um, depending on who else they might move out. Hopefully nobody because they need somebody to fill whatever 5,000 seats they have right. at Mullen Arena. Uh, they only have a second-round pick this year, but they have four in 2024 and four in 2025. And then this year they have four-thirds. Uh, 2024 they have three-thirds, and then they have two-thirds uh, in 2025. So that's a lot of, you know, you could use that as trade bait. Yep. You move up the draft board or you use those to get roster players you can use down the road in like three years. Like Ottawa has done with Matt Murray, Jacob Chikrin, Alex Dabrinkit. Yep. Uh, you, you don't have to use up all those picks. You can use that to your advantage. Yep. So the next three to four years... It's going to have to be careful roster construction, get guys who want to play for your program, and just build a talented team from the ground up. It's going to be a tough challenge. But I think they have yeah. the coaching staff. Andre Turingi can do that. Bill Armstrong, their GM. I have somewhat uh, a smidgen of faith that uh, he can pull it off. Um, but, uh, again, uh, the Jacob Chikrin trade, uh, you know, you, you kind of hope that 
they didn't send the wrong message when they settled. Yeah, uh, is is my is my argument because uh, the the Ottawa Senators when they traded away their assets, they got good returns. Yeah. for those assets, and yeah. I don't think Arizona got the return they were looking for. Um, also, yeah. the fact that uh, the brothers were traded for each other, that, like I mean, that's just another Arizona meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like in a season where. Everything is just upside down in that place. Um, of course, uh, you get the opportunity to hook two brothers up in the same city. And it's just like, haha, just kidding. I'm going on the other airplane. Yeah. See ya, see ya on Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is I'm noticing here is that the Shane Goss Bear, they, uh, it's a 20, it's not a 2024 third round pick. It's not a 2025 third round pick. The 2026 third round pick, <laughs> third round picks usually take a while to to develop and be in the NHL, obviously. So it's like <laughs> they they just got a third round pick in 2026. So the odds that that player, if that player pans out, you're probably gonna see him in like 10 years <laughs> from now, <laughs> which is really crazy. Uh, they also get a 2026. Pick uh, second round pick from Ottawa, um, which it's just like it's just funny that I didn't even realize you could trade picks in twenty twenty six because that's like four years from now. But it's just yeah. and it, like and especially like if Arizona wins the lottery this year, they get Connor Bedard. Um, they're they're going to be pretty good, not just in twenty twenty five where they have a lot of picks. They're, they could be good in twenty twenty six, and at that point. You can just trade all the picks that you receive nowadays and just trade them away to get assets so you can build your team around Connor Bedard, Logan Cooley, and Dylan Gunther, um, yeah. which would be nice. So, um, or whoever it is, you, yeah. You play the you play the cards right, yeah. and uh, uh, you'll you'll go pretty far. They already yeah. have a lot of cap space, and the yeah. thing is, uh, in terms of injured reserve cap space, Voracek uh, and Brian Little. Um, are on the books until the yep. end of uh, next year. Then you have Shea Weber's cap it. That's going to be around for a bit of time. Andrew Lads is going to come off the books uh, this year. Yep. And um, and in terms of forwards, uh, the only ones that you have extended beyond next year are Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, and Lawson Krause. Yep. The, weir- the one part of their roster that really concerns the heck out of me is their defense yeah, these sorry. are these are the defense these are the defensemen currently on cap friendly patrick nemeth yuso balamaki josh brown former Ottawa center mm-hmm. connor mackey jj moser who is going to get even more ice time now and victor soderstrom yep oh oh boy are they in for a time trying to stop pucks every night well that is not going to be fun to be fair, they did trade away Chikrin, and he goes to spare. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. to be fair, no, for sure. Also, to be fair, Yusuf Valimaki and JJ Moser have been decent, um, so to speak, and uh, you know, Soderstrom, yeah, Moser's been solid. I've been very yeah. impressed with him. Soderstrom also has some draft pedigree to him too. So, um, so yeah, it's not it's not all bad, but of course, it's like it comes with the territory. It's like when your two biggest chips were defensemen your two best defensemen it's like okay <laughs> like like that that's just what's gonna happen um yeah but like i was also thinking like even if they don't win the Connor bedard 
uh, sweepstakes. They, you know, they'll probably be in a top five pick, um, in which case it's like, okay, you can build your team around Fantilli, Mikov, or Leo Carlson, um, or like Will Smith, I think is the fifth overall pick probably. Um, so, um, so yeah, that, that's not bad, uh, not a bad position from, uh, from a rebuilding standpoint. Uh, Man, that would be such a Arizona gamble as if they took Mitchkov, largely because oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently he's not going to be ready until 2026 because of the KHL yeah. contract. Oh, yeah, also, um, what if he decides, I don't want to go to Arizona? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, Let's I, just I, be like, oh, great. Well, well, we wasted a top five pick on this guy. Well, I, I'm just great. wondering. There, there's a potential that, like, let's say Arizona wins the the draft lottery, like, and Connor Bedard just pulls an Eric Lindros and says, like, you know what? Yep. I don't want to play in Arizona State yeah. Arena. <laughs> like, like, get me out yeah, of there. You hope he doesn't, but he could. He very well could. Yeah, he could. Um, and then, I mean, that worked out for uh, the Nordiques, so, um, you know, roundabout yeah. way. But, yes, um, I believe that was Peter Forsberg, right? Um, was that it? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But the reason why the Nordiques were able to turn around is because they had other assets beyond that. Yeah. They had Matt Sundin. Yeah. They had Owen Nolan. They had Joe Sackick in the mix, right, too. Right, right, right. Like, they had a lot of serviceable talent um, that they, they just needed to put everything together. The Coyotes need to do more than just that. Yeah. They have Clayton Keller and a couple of other pieces, but they're not nearly as good as what Quebec had back then. Yeah, I guess that's I don't know. I, I, I feel like it could happen again. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um, the uh, okay. Let's uh, let's get going here. For uh, the next topic is or the next team is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they are uh, yeah. So they get. Uh, we just talked about how they got Nick Bukestad from Arizona. They also got Matthias Eckholm. Um, hold on, for some reason my computer is being very slow. Um, they get Matthias Eckholm for um, and the 2024 sixth round pick from Nashville. Nashville gets Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, who they just drafted, Edmonton just drafted, um, a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. Um, I feel like this was like one of those moves that like. Or like Tyson Berry was, was on the um, the trade block for a couple of years now, um, and it, it appeared that he was only like really like good on the power play, so it was just like an like he's not great defensively, but you add a guy like Matthias Ekholm, who is decent, like he can be an offensive defenseman, but he's more well known for his like defensive game, which is what exactly what Edmonton needs. Um, yep, and that can help them out. Plus, you have Evan Bouchard um, in the mix, who's who's good offensively. Darnell Nurse, who who's kind of struggling or hasn't hasn't taken that next step just yet. Um, you also have him in the mix too. But um, you know, I think that's really what you need if you want to get far in the playoffs is shut down defensemen, not like your your offensive defensemen. So, so I think this is a good trade for them. It's like, yeah, Tyson Berry was decent uh, for Edmonton, but uh, but I, I do think that Matthias Eichel makes the most sense 
um, if you want to get far into the playoffs. So I really like this move for Edmonton, um, and uh, especially since you can, uh, like, uh, like uh, I guess it was retain four <laughs> percent. So you yeah, have, so they could get yeah. six million on the nose, I suppose, because uh, yeah. the original cap it was six point two five. Yeah, so that's that's kind of they must need that two hundred and fifty grand to afford McDavid down the line. Yeah, I guess so. Um, although, like, does I think he? Um, yeah, let me look at the cap situation quickly. Oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> this might not be great now that I'm looking at it. So his Echo <laughs> um, and McDavid expire at the same time, don't they? Yeah, well, they do, but like. Four years of Matthias Ekholm. He's 32 years old, six million. Um, you have Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's the same UFA. But then the year before that, you have Leon Drysital. Yep. Uh, who's going to be a UFA? It's like, okay, you're going to be dealing with a 36-year-old Matthias Ekholm when you could sign Leon Drysital. It's like, yeah, there's only like, let's see, here, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine players signed for Edmonton. Although, like, geez, okay. All right, now I hate this deal. All costs a lot. One of them's Jack Campbell. Because now, now I'm like thinking, like, Jack Campbell, ugh, God. Darnell Nurse, yeah, uh, 9.25, geez. Uh, Brett Kulak at 2.75, what? Ugh. Okay. Darnell Nurse, I, I yeah. know it's Darnell Nurse, and he. I know, I know it's like. To keep him, but still I know that cap it. I know it's three years from now, but jeez, uh, but um, but yeah, I, I do like this move though because it's like you do get an upgrade from from Tyson Berry. I do think that Ekholm is a good player, but yeah, of course. <laughs> now that I'm looking at their cap situation, it's just like all right, maybe it's not going to look so great um, when you need to sign Leon Dreisaitl. Um, but, uh, but yeah, or maybe, you know, there is that consensus that maybe the cap will go up, uh, by that time. So, so maybe it won't be as bad, but still pretty bad <laughs> that, uh, you're, you're, cause Ekholm is 32 years old. He's going to be 36 at that point. And that's not going to look great. But, um, yeah, they also get, uh, Nick Bukestad, um, and Cam Deneen from Arizona, we already talked about how they moved on from Jesse Pugliarvi. It looked like just it wasn't a right fit for Edmonton. Um, so so that we'll see how that goes. Um, I think Patrick Puesasola could be a decent player for them down the line. Um, so I don't hate that, but he's probably not get, he's not going to be on the team this year. But it could be a, a decent pick for them um, down the line, um, and that uh, that could be nice for them um but yeah it's like we'll see i i think edmonton is you know when you have connor mcdavid when you have leon Dreisaitl on your team it's like the team is always going to be a cup contender so um it's just more of like okay are these the right moves i do like Eckholm though um but yeah that contract is it's pretty rich yeah it's pretty rich but the Oilers need shutdown D, like you said, yeah. and he makes them better. And he's under club control for the next three years. Um, so if it's not like a situation where his contract expires at the end of this year, and it's just like, well, now to it, what do we yeah. do? 
Um, you you have him under contract. You don't have to worry about that. And the fact of the matter is, he makes their defense better, tougher to play against. Um, anything to <laughs> limit the amount of quality shots against uh, the two goaltenders that Edmonton's got rolling with right now. Um, I think it's definitely going to help them, especially when you consider, again, like you said, the the West isn't as strong as it's been in yep. previous years, and the main competition that probably would scare Edmonton is Colorado. Yep. Like, they can outscore Edmonton. They can outscore Seattle. They can outscore maybe the Kings. Uh, they can outscore a lot of teams uh, that are going to make the playoffs this year in the Western Conference. But the main reason why Colorado is probably the opponent they don't want to face is because Colorado can defend, yep. and they have a goaltender that uh, is better than average at stopping pucks. Yep. And Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell, we've seen them play to the standard that they need to, and there are good goaltenders, but they have been inconsistent at various points, specifically Jack Campbell. Yep. And come playoff time, average isn't good enough. You need... You need sometimes above-average goaltending to really make a difference, and it all comes down to timely saves as well. And yep. that's ultimately going to determine Edmonton's fate, is whether or not they can get that big save from whoever is in their net. Um, that being said, if they're looking for a deep playoff run, they need a guy to stabilize their defense. They got him at TSEC home. It's a win for Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's the right outlook to have. It's like, okay, it's it's good for now. That that is what you need a shutdown defenseman. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like a couple of years from now, it's not going to look great. Um, also, Connor McDavid, uh, leading point scorer right now. He's uh, the next guy. Uh, in points. He's not you and he like someone do DNA tests and just check yeah. if he's a cyborg or something. Exactly. Uh the next guy uh is uh in points is uh, David Pasternak who has ninety six uh points. Uh McDavid has hundred and twenty two points. That means that McDavid has twenty six more points than David Pasternak right now. Just insane. Um so so there's that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. He even has more points than Connor Bedard as well. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I wonder if they because like he's also like scoring goals more than he used to be doing. I feel like there was that that was like yeah. always a critique for him where like you're just thinking like oh McDavid just you know does an assist. He's like he, I mean he can score goals. He's like uh, he's obviously really good at scoring goals too. But it's just like he's really upped his game. Uh, from that standpoint, because I, I think he probably, like, heard that, like, oh, Austin Matthews might be better, a better goal scorer than McDavid, and McDavid's just like, wait a second, I can Can score you imagine, goals. though, he already has 52 yeah. goals, can you imagine yeah. he just scores more goals than Matthews the yeah. year after Matthews hits 60? It's definitely possible, like, <laughs> I, I think McDavid has, Yeah, like, I mean, why not, eh? Yeah, he, he, he's definitely gonna pass it, right? I, I, I think he can. Uh, so it's just like, it's very Jordan-esque, because uh, that's what Jordan would always do. Yeah. It's like he would just get better every year, like work on it over the summer. Yeah, and then very high enough. we yeah. got to knock it up a couple more pegs. It's also, it's also, like, there was a famous story about how, like, Crosby wasn't good on the face-offs um, mm-hmm. back when he started, and then he just 
focused on face-offs over the summer, and then he became like a like a selfie candidate, basically. He never won the selfie, but he was like the fact that he was yeah. even close after that is just just shows why he's like they're so different from the other players is that like he can improve so quickly um and that's why they're generational talent so, so there's that um uh now we go to the vancouver canucks here we can we kind of tease why we're we're kind of angry about them but uh but just puzzles just, just i'm weird. angry yeah sleep puzzled though yeah exactly so uh, I'll go over them again because we did cover a lot of the trades already just from uh, just from happenstance. But they get a 2023 third-round pick from Luke Shen. Uh, they get uh, they get Philip Peronik um, in a 2023 fourth-round pick. Um, they give up a 2023 first-round pick from New York, the Islanders pick. Um, they also get a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, they also get a 2024 fourth-round pick from Curtis, uh, they trade away Curtis Lazar, he goes to the Devils, I forget if we mentioned that when we were talking about the Devils, but the Devils get Curtis Lazar from Vancouver, they also get Future Considerations, who gets traded all the time, uh, from, from New York, the Rangers, uh, who, uh, got wide Kalonic, Kalanick. Um, there's also reports that Steve had alluded to that JT Miller was on the block, um, and supposedly, there was speculation that uh, JT Miller was going to go to the Pittsburgh, but uh, it was nixed because Pittsburgh was only willing to uh, trade picks and Vancouver wanted a young C um, or center, and Pittsburgh wasn't willing to do that, which is very funny because it's like, at this point, you want anything, <laughs> like, you're... Like to get off of that contract. Yeah, also, Pittsburgh doesn't have any young centers that are NHL ready. Right, right. And it's also it's like <laughs> you traded away like your first like the whole reason why you traded away Bo Horvat. Like it's just it's just weird because the whole reason why you traded away Bo Horvat was to make up for the fact that you have JT Miller, where you sign him to yep. this huge extension. You have like the you, you still have to sign Peterson in a couple of years anyway. So it's like. Okay, you get it. Like that's not, why not a couple years yeah. after next year. Yeah, after next year, Brett, it's closer than you think. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Um, and it's like okay, I get it. That's why you you trade Bo Horvat, even though he is your captain. He's a really good player, but you get it. Okay, like they're struggling. They they messed up, but then it's like even like and like the fact that like they're even like thinking of trading JT Miller. It's like. Yeah, that's the right move, but like they shouldn't even be in this situation to begin with, because then it's like, why did you trade Bo Horvat in the first place? So it's like, why do they want JD Miller? And then the fact or that you like you could have just waited, like you could have just yeah. not right. signed the contract, just waited until the deadline, and then just yeah. traded him. Right, and then the fact that you didn't end up trading Brock Besser, you didn't end up trading Connor Garland. You just and you traded your first round pick that you got in the Bohorvat trade, and especially since the Islanders yep. aren't making the playoffs this year, so that's going to be like a lottery pick. It's just insane. <laughs> like, 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 like I have no idea what the Canucks are doing because it's like some moves. It's like okay, I understand the Kraftsoft trade that you get. You want a guy who can, who can like. That's fine. I don't yeah. mind. That I don't mind. I also like, you know, the fact that Bouvillier and Rati are playing right now. Bouvillier is 
awesome, by the way, in Vancouver. He's, he's really good now. Yep. Um, Philip Peronic, I don't even hate Philip Peronic, but it's just weird that, like, he was, like, like he's It's evolved. just the principle behind it. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, I. so it's like now I'm not even sure if Canucks, the Canucks think they're rebuilding. Because it's like, why did you do this Bo Horvat trade? If you're, especially since you're, like you want JT Miller gone now, it just it makes no sense to me. Like, what, what, what are you doing now? Uh, so, so yeah, I have no idea what Vancouver's doing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even hate the fact that they got like a third round pick from Luke Shen. Um, but it's just, yeah, the, the, it's just questionable. Like, it's almost as bad as Tanner Janot trade. But not as bad. But it's still pretty bad. It's like the most one of the most confusing trades. If they're lucky that Tanner Janot was traded for so much, because this this Detroit Philip Peronic trade would easily be the the most questionable trade uh, that's ever been uh, that happened this year. So all there needs to be is an off ice uh, controversy to unfold. Right. And and you have basically the 2018 Ottawa Senators. Yep. This reeks of dysfunction. Like the JT Miller stuff, as I mentioned in the Philip Aronic trade, uh, when we were talking about the Red Wings prematurely, mm-hmm. I was talking about it. And it's like February 27th, JT Miller's out week to week with an injury. Right. Literally days later, JT Miller's back at the lineup. It's like, oh, is this a, a trade related reason happenstance? You just. Just didn't call it a trade-related reason? Oh, you, you say you didn't get a, a serious offer for JT Miller. That doesn't tell me much, though. You yeah. could have been shopping. Yeah, you just didn't really get a good offer. It, yeah. And it looks even worse when you just signed him to a seven-year deal worth, like, seven-plus million. Yeah. And you probably gave him no trade protection on top of that. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, that's crazy. It's just, the Canucks don't know what they are. They don't know what direction they are going. And I feel like the reason they are asking for a young center is because they don't want to make too many moves that piss off the young core that makes a guy like Elias Pearson want to say, that's it, I'm gone, get me out of here. Yep. And literally, if that happens, the Vancouver Canucks might not have a choice but to rebuild. Yep. Like, I'm serious. If Pearson walks out... That could be their destiny. Yeah, fair. Uh, let's go to the LA Kings here. Um, before I get to the big trade that they made, um, I do want to mention the minor trades that they made. Uh, they get Eric Partillo from Buffalo. They get Zach McEwen from Philadelphia. Uh, they trade away. Uh, Philadelphia gets Brendan Lemieux and a 2024 fifth round pick. Um, that's that's fun. Um, and they get Nathan Schnarr from uh, Montreal. Frederick Allaire uh, goes to Montreal. Um, and then they also traded away Austin uh, Wagner for future considerations, who's on multiple teams now. Um, and I, I do like this Eric Pertillo trade, uh, particularly because from Buffalo, they have um, Devin Levi, um, in their system, they have UPL in their system. Um, Eric Patillo has been a pretty good goalie for Michigan this year, and LA, like, yeah, they have Cal Peterson, but I don't know if you can rely on him even long term. 
So it's nice that they have Eric Pertillo because it's like, okay, he was he probably wasn't going to be your starting goaltender of the future in Buffalo. So Buffalo just gets something back, which is 23 third round pick, which isn't bad. Um, and uh, yeah, LA has like a goaltender of the future that they can they can help develop. Um, and then uh, and then in terms of the goal, uh, the big bigger trade. Uh, the Kings get Jonas Corposalo. It's late. I've been doing this for three hours now. Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> Jonas Corposalo, Vladislav uh, Gavrikov. The Blue Jackets get Jonathan Quick, a 2023 first-round pick, um, which is conditional, and a 2024 third-round pick uh, from L.A. as well. Um if the the Kings do not qualify that for the playoffs, the the Columbus will instead receive a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick from LA. So uh, there's that. Um, yeah, I, this one it's well it's it's interesting because first off I just wanted to mention this kind of fun fact, but three Conn Smythe winners have uh, been traded this deadline: Ryan O'Reilly, Patrick Kane, and John Ben Quick. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, the fact that it's it's just like you know, I guess it's not surprising that Corpusalo um, was traded or the Kings acquired a goaltender. I guess it's just the fact that they traded Jonathan Quick because he meant so much for the franchise. The fact that like they have a they built a statue for Dustin Brown, and not to knock Dustin Brown, he was you know he was a good part of that team. Jonathan Quick was a big reason why they won those two cups. Like not just. Yep. Like, you know, Dustin, like, you can make a case that Dustin Brown contributed a lot to their Stanley Cup team, those two cups, especially because he was a captain and all that stuff. But the Kings would, like, I can say 100%, if the Kings did not have Jonathan Quick, they would not win those two cups. Like, there's no chance. So just the fact that they were, like, they were going to, like, they just traded him away and, like, like for nothing, basically. Like I know that Jonathan Quick isn't as good as he used to be, and they needed to do this trade. And Jonas Corposalo is actually pretty underrated. Uh, he's he's like yeah, I know he had like a sub nine hundred save percentage, but he was playing pretty well uh, the last couple of months. Um, so like this is a nice move for the Kings. Um, but uh, but yeah, just the fact that like they they traded away Jonathan Quick apparently like. He didn't even have a no movement clause in his contract. I guess it was yep. just like something that, like, like this last couple of years, like he just doesn't have a uh, no movement. On a three no trade list yeah. to veto it. Exactly, he, and apparently he easily vetoed it with just like zero no trade protection. Apparently, None. he was just ups- like he was very upset. The Kings had just like had like a big victory. Um, <laughs> that night, and then like it was very soft because like uh, Anze Kopitar had four goals in that game, and uh, and then it, like it was just uh, like a sad locker room after that because it's like oh Jonathan Quick, the guy who's basically changed the franchise forever, is leaving. Uh, so so it's 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 not necessarily the fact that they made this trade, just the fact that they made this trade. <laughs> like weird as that is to say, but just the fact that like. Like, yeah, Gavrikov is whatever. We talked about him last week. 
he could help out. But, like, the fact that they added Corpusalo, maybe that's something that Columbus learned. It's like, okay, Gavrikov is not worth a first-round pick, but if we add Jormas Corpusalo to the mix, okay, then you're then it's definitely worth a first-round pick. Um, but, yeah, it's just the fact that they traded away Jonathan Quick and, it's like, they didn't treat him well. It's like, that speaks, like, I now I'm wondering, like, okay, what is Kopitar going to feel like when he's, like, he's, he's probably not happy that they traded away like this is how they treat their their like the players that meant so much to the franchise like this is rob blake he was part of that cup winning team he was the general manager at the time it's just like this is how they treat their players like it's just it's just ridiculous that part is just kind of sad i know it's a business and all that stuff but it's just that part's like whatever um and yeah we'll, we'll get to, jonathan quick doesn't uh, remain a blue jacket, but it's, um, but yeah, I do like, I guess on the other hand, it's like, I do like this move. Uh, Corpusalo is a decent goaltender for them, and that was kind of like the big thing with the Kings is that, like, of all the playoff teams, like, they're probably the only team that was desperate for a goalie. Um, like, Phoenix Copley, I know that they signed him last week, but, um, but Corpusalo is also a decent. Uh, move for them, and I guess it's just it's just a part of the business, really. But I, I do like that move that they get Corpusalo um, from from uh, from Columbus. From a hockey sense, from a hockey perspective, this trade makes sense because yeah. you have two goalies on the LA Kings making five million a year. One of them is buried in the minors because he struggled even yep. more than Jonathan Quick. You just signed him to said contract, and he's got two years left on that after this year ends. Jonathan Quick's contract ends after this year. So if you move on from Cal Peterson, well, then what's your gold? Signing for next year, Phoenix Copley, and yeah. who else? If your plan is to move on from Jonathan Quick anyway. Yeah. So I get the sticky situation that they were in. And if you look at Jonathan Quick's numbers, from a numbers perspective, they were justified to make this trade. But you could have at least traded him to a team in the hunt, for crying out loud, yeah. not to a bottom feeder that's clearly more likely to benefit from Connor Bedard than yeah. one final hurrah for Jonathan Quick. Um, but the, the thing is, is the cap had probably got in the way, and so they moved him to Columbus. And uh, yep. I think the other thing is they didn't want him to stay in the division either. Um, yep. Like I don't know, to a team like the Vegas Golden Knights, <laughs> um, and the uh, which we'll get to later. Yep. But the other thing is, I really hope this doesn't damage the morale in the locker room because it easily could. Yep. You mentioned yep. Kopitar was pretty bummed afterwards. Dowdy's been with this team yeah, for just as long, one. and he's making like eleven point five million per year. He's probably pissed. Yep. And you know, as as much of a role model as Jonathan Quick is, I'm sure a lot of the young guys were also taken aback yep. by this. And you're going into a playoff race where you've got a lot of heavyweights to go through in terms of offenses that can carve you up. Obviously, the big ones are Colorado. Oh, uh, and Edmonton, um, but you know, given how porous their defense is, if Gabrikov and Corpusel aren't the answer, 
you're going into round one already in a very tough spot. And what happens if you go into a buzzsaw like Vegas, who is battered and bruised, but maybe they're getting healthy again? And, yep. you know, you meet each other in April. It's the first that can happen in between that stretch. And you need to make sure, regardless of how good your team is, if you have a united group. If this divides the locker room, the Kings are not in a good spot. They did win yesterday uh, with um, with uh, Corpusalo in net, so there's that. Of course, That's it was. Uh, of course, it was against the Blues, who are like not making the playoffs. Or worse than defending than they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but but um, it's you know it's still something. But uh, but yeah, so far it's not like it hasn't had an impact in their locker room, I guess, or it hasn't stopped them from winning. But yeah, there there's that. Um, all right. Uh, last last team to go here. Uh, yeah, Steve alluded to this. Uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights end up getting Jonathan Quick. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets get Michael Hutchinson, a 2025 seventh round pick. Um, and then they also get Teddy Bluger from Pittsburgh. Um, and Pittsburgh gets Peter Dilberator and a 2024 third round pick. Um, and then I, I think we mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. Barbashev also goes to Vegas, and Zach Dean uh, goes to the Blues. Um, but yeah, I think this this kind of it was just interesting that they got quick because I I guess this is like maybe Logan Thompson isn't ready as much as they thought he was because um, like Logan Thompson has been injured. Of course, they had Robin Leonard who's been out for the last. The entire year, uh, Lauren Poisson. Maybe they wanted an insurance policy in case yeah. uh, either um, Thompson re-injures yeah. himself or, um, you know, he's not as close to yeah. recovery as they thought. Yep, and uh, so they get Jonathan Quick, and yeah, he has an 876 save percentage and a 3.5 GAA in 31 games. Um, it's just, you know, so. But, like, on the other hand, it's, like, there's a potential. Well, first off, I think Vegas has a better defense than the Kings have. But there's a decent shot that the Kings and the, the Golden Knights play each other in the playoffs. Um, but I imagine Logan Thompson will be the goaltender if he's healthy. Um, and if not, then Aiden Hill will probably be the goaltender. Um, and then if he's not doing it, then it's, like, okay, then it's, like, quick and the Kings versus the Kings, which will be kind of fun. But um, but I don't know if that's going to happen because uh, a lot of things have to happen for that to, to work out. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, it's an interesting thing. I feel like, um, I feel like Quick could, could end up, like he could have like a chip on his shoulder. I feel like that's a part of the reason why he was able to do so well in the 2012 Stanley Cup Finals when he was the, the Kings were an eight seed, like like the entire team had a chip on their shoulder, and they kind of used that to to uh, break out in the playoffs. Um, so I wonder, like, there is a chance that Jonathan Quick is like in the playoffs and he's just pissed off and he's like, you know what, like the Kings shouldn't have traded me, and he just he just goes on a tear. It's, it's definitely very possible. Um, so. Um, yeah, I could see that happening, but yeah, I, I think they kind of, they came, the Knights kind of did little compared to like previous years, but 
Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't actually hate their moves overall. I feel like Barbershev was a nice nice add for them. Um, and uh, Blue Bear could, could also work out for them too. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at uh, from a broader uh, scheme of things, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights weren't um, extravagant in their deadline approach. Yeah. Because in previous trade deadlines, they would go out and trade for a Robin Leonard or a Mark Stone or yeah. that one time they got Thomas Tatar uh, for a first, a second, and a third, I think it was. Um, but instead, they went the depth route and... But not a shot at Jonathan Quick saying he's a depth option, but he still has value. Like you said, chip on his shoulder. You know who else had a chip on their shoulder? Vegas in its first year, and they went to the finals. Um, so I think in unison that us against the world mentality can be a good thing. Um, and Bruce Cassidy is also a pretty good coach. Um, I think when push comes to shove in the playoffs, he is capable of adapting uh, to ever-changing situations. Um, so hey, it was nice to see Vegas not go all in with one move, put all their chips on the table, um, and just maintain a more conservative approach and just focus on little tinkers. Barbashev, like I said, could be a guy that's in the top six. Teddy Bluger, I think, is a solid third-line option. And Jonathan Quick, I mean, he's won a Stanley Cup. You want winners, Jonathan Quick is a winner. He might not play like the winner that he was in 2012 over 2014, but I think there's a bit of gas left in the tank, and they could go on an unexpected run with that guy. In worst-case scenario, he loans some of his mentorship to Logan Thompson and Dan NHL goaltender. Um, that could help the Vegas Golden Knights uh, beyond yep. uh, this year and next year and the next. So um, I, I, I think... I think it took me by surprise that Vegas actually decided to not do too too much of the deadline or at least not do anything super crazy. Um, but uh, I think it was probably their best approach, and uh, we'll see if it works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we're reaching three hours here, uh, so uh, I think we should call it a day. Yeah, I think we've run out of notes. Oh, great. Yeah, great. It's, a great it's weird. It feels like, oh, right, like I have to live my life now. Um but um that hockey games to watch now yeah, exactly. this, this is where the fun starts people that we got a we playoff race yeah, exactly. we got four to five weeks of madness it's gonna be great um you can follow us on twitter at lace up podcast our facebook is lace them up you can also uh subscribe to us if you haven't already uh also kudos for you for listening uh to this three-hour mess um, well, not mess. I, I shouldn't say that, but uh, like uh, three hours. Um, I kudos to you. If you're not subscribed by this, what are you doing? Like you listen to us for three hours. <laughs> you have to subscribe at this point. Um, and then you can also follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever else you get your podcasts. That's about it. I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 356. Of the- uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh,